today is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday. Now, you might think of Pentecost Sunday as something pertaining that was a generated holiday after Jesus' resurrection and ascension. But I want to tell you that Pentecost was an established holiday at that time. It's not something that was created, it was something that was established, and we're going to look at a little bit of scripture to support that and build some background around Pentecost and what it is. Now, it's also referred to, if you would look at the Old Testament, of the Feast of Weeks. The Feast of Weeks. But if you look at Pentecost, and uh, for those that might be familiar with the Greek, it goes back to um, 50. 50, Penta, Pente, Pentecost, gets into 50. It's 50 weeks. It's 50 weeks. 50 weeks since what? 50 weeks since what we would call Easter, but 50 weeks since Passover. It's not 50 weeks, 50 days. What was I thinking? 50 weeks would be almost a year. It's 50 days. But maybe my uh, faux pas there will help you remember. It's not 50 weeks, it's 50 days. Very good. 50 days after Pentecost. And if you were to look back, that it also celebrated the end of the wheat harvest. So if you wanted to, we're not going to go there, but some scriptural references, you would find it back in Leviticus 23.16. If you looked at Deuteronomy 16.16, you would find that there were three times, three times that they were all to appear before the Lord. There were three main feasts that everybody's supposed to appear before the Lord and come together. The one we remember from Passover would have been a 50 days prior, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And during that, they would celebrate Passover. The Feast of Weeks, which is also called Pentecost, which is 50 weeks, 50 days. That's where I get mixed up. 50 days later, and also the Feast of Tabernacles. So the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Tabernacle, well, that's when they were all supposed to come together. So we find that in Deuteronomy 16, 16. So Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. So this is Pentecost Sunday. So being it was the three days when everyone's supposed to come together, so remember at, Pentecost, at uh, Passover, they all came together, there were a lot of people in Jerusalem. During the Feast of the Unliving Bread, they're supposed to come together. It's one of the big three. You remember the, the, the week before Jesus died on the cross, during that time period, early on, Jesus come in and triumphantly entered into the city on what we would call today Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. I read a little research today, and I'd have to confirm it, but I read some of the research, and it talked about 
when Jesus entered the triumphal entry and he came in and they said, Hosanna, Hosanna, happened to be also the day that they picked out their Passover lamb. Just kind of interesting tidbit there, but Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. Now, looking back, we celebrate Pentecost. We think about Pentecost in a different term than they would have thought about it then, in different ways. But we look back on it because we think of some things that Jesus talked about earlier. So we'd like, I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of John, chapter 14. And we're going to read in your hearing verses 15 to 17 as we build towards Pentecost. As we build toward Pentecost. So John, chapter 14, 15 through 17. And reading from the New King James Bible, we find, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, or maybe you have comforter, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. He's promising to send another helper, another comforter. This spirit of truth. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. He dwells with you and will be in you. The will be in you is pointing forward towards what we would now call Pentecost the spirit of truth. If you want to know the truth, know the spirit of truth. But see, the world cannot receive him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. He's preparing for that in Luke 1.49. I don't think I wrote that down right. I'm sure I didn't write that down right. Give me a second. I might have to tell you from my memory. Well, the scripture that I'm trying to tell you is in the passage of Luke where it says, there it is, Luke 24, 49. I was way off. Luke 24, 49 once I said it, those of you that knew your Bible would have known what I was talking about, but Luke 24, 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. Endued with power from on high. And then we turn to Acts chapter 1, 1 through 11. We're preparing this concept, and in this I want you to listen for how many days, how many days was Jesus on the earth before his ascension after his resurrection? 
You might not have known that figure. Remember, we're talking about 50 days between Jesus, between Passover and Pentecost. And Acts 1, 1 through 11, the former account I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which he was taken up, after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, having been seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, Verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons, which the Father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, Behold, two men stood by him in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. But see, they were supposed to tarry. The Comforter is coming. He is with you, but he shall be in you. Now, the Holy Spirit is not new. The Holy Spirit did not start to exist at Pentecost. But at Pentecost, he came in. He came in. And we can think back to the, the tearing of the temple from top to bottom. Not the temple, but tearing of the veil in the temple, separating us from the Holy of Holies. It was tore from top to bottom. We could talk about the scriptures. We have access now to come boldly before the throne of God. See, we have this opportunity also as followers of Christ to have the Holy Spirit within. This spirit of truth that, that can guide us. And so this Pentecost, 50 days. So somewhere in that time period, I won't say it's exactly 10 days, I'm not going to say it's 12 days, 15, somewhere in that very brief time period, but they tarried for a while. Verse 5 says, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. We could talk about ritual purifications, and we talked about being baptized by fire by the Holy Spirit for not ritual cleansing, but actual cleansing. But let's focus now. This 50 weeks have passed. It's 
time to celebrate Pentecost. And what are some things that we celebrate when Pentecost comes in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21? This is Pentecost. And there's some confusion, maybe, that you've had about what we're about to read, and we'll try to clear uh, uh, some of that up as well. So to our main scripture we go, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. I want to just remind you on that verse, we talked about this is one of the feasts where they are supposed to come together. So the same people, remember, that were here around Passover and likely here at his triumphal emperor entry, likely around when Jesus was crucified, were back in the city. It's likely some of these same people. But there were people, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya, Adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others, mocking, said, they are full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea, and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, about 9 a.m., if my references are correct. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. The 
whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's a lot of interesting pieces and a lot of interesting history in those passages of Scripture, so let's break some of this apart. There's some interesting facts that we come in, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And it talks about when this, verse 6, when, they, when the sound occurred, the multitude came together. The sound of the rushing mighty wind, as it were. It's very interesting when you look at the Holy Spirit and the concept of spirit. It comes from a word, pneuma. It's, it's like air. It's that wind. This mighty rushing wind. The Holy Spirit came upon the scene. And we talked about in those prior scriptures that they would be endued with power. And that they would be there, be witnesses. But they were to tarry. So they tarried, but being endued with power. What did the Holy Spirit enable them to do? The Holy Spirit enabled them to speak the gospel to people. In their own tongue. In their own language. And we would find this in Corinthians as well, but it was for the edifying of the church, the building up of the church. Edifying is what that would mean, is building up. So you can either build up the church as far as you build up the church, as far as you expand the church, but also to encourage each other and build up one another. But it says that they were able to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So there's a word there, verse 4, it's, I'm not going to say the Greek word, but it reaches back to tongue. So we think that of a, other languages. Other languages. Verse 6, though, when it says, And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own, it says in his own language, but the word that's in there, they heard it in their own dialect. In their own dialect. Isn't that interesting? They heard it in their own dialect. You know, if you go to different parts of the United States, words mean different things, don't they? You know, if you're in Mississippi and I'm going to drink, some would call it a pop. In other parts of the country, it's soda pop. In Mississippi, it's Coke. What kind of Coke do you want? I'll take Pepsi. Different dialects. You know, and if you took Spanish in high school, you'll know that if you're in Spain and they, uh, the TH, the, there's certain, certain uh, consonants put together have a certain sound in Spain that would sound different if you were in Mexico. Different dialects. Did you hear all the countries that were listed out that were there? They all heard in their own language, their own dialect, it says, in which they were, how is it that we hear each in our own dialect in which we were born?
it's not that it's like, well, let's get together. And we know we'll have some Spanish-speaking people, and we know that we'll have some people from different parts of the world. Let's, let's try to cover them and speak in Spanish and English. Which English? Are we talking the King's English? Are we talking American English or Australian English or North? What? No, they all heard it in their own dialects from where they were born. The Holy Spirit enabled them to hear it as they were speaking in these languages. These were not languages that the hearers did not know. These were not unknown languages. This was not an angel language. This was in a language they knew. It was in a, their own dialect in which they were born. Specific, basically, to the hearer. Think about that. The Holy Spirit came and dwelled in them and enabled them to speak the gospel in a manner specific to the hearer. If you looked at that, there were a lot of people from all different regions. They all had their language, but the, those probably had their own dialect. But was specific to the hearer. The Holy Spirit can enable us preach the gospel, to deliver the word, to witness the people in such a way that it's specific to the hearer. If it was in an unknown tongue, it would do no benefit to the hearer except for edify the speaker. but they heard it in their own dialect. They heard it to their benefit. Then Peter gets up and preaches a sermon. Comes after that. Peter preaches. And it tells us in verse 41, we didn't read this, but then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. Peter got up and preached. Preached a, a summary. Talked about Jesus. Tied it back to David. And that message... was something I believe that the Holy Spirit enabled. And it enabled everyone to hear it. Enabled them to be built up. Enabled them to people to be added to the kingdom. And when you see in there those words, shall prophesy. What did the prophets do? What did the prophets do? They said what the Lord gave them to say. They were the proclaimers of thus saith the Lord. 
Thus saith the Lord. They weren't people that on their own were then given the ability to, to tell the future. They proclaimed the truth of God, and sometimes the truth of God says, Thus saith the Lord, this shall happen. They're proclaiming the truth of the Lord. But it talks about, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. The Holy Spirit enabled. The Holy Spirit helped. Some wondered what world was going on because they might have heard different languages that they did not understand themselves, but they were able to hear a language that they did understand in their own dialect. Because now they did not, it wasn't just that the Holy Spirit, they knew of the Holy Spirit, sensed the Holy Spirit, but now the Holy Spirit was Other scriptures talked about that he shall write the law on your heart. Jesus went to the Samaritan woman and she talked about that we worship here and you say we have to worship in Jerusalem and Jesus says there's coming a time when you will worship in spirit and in truth, right? Not going to be worshiping here or there. Worship in spirit and truth. We can worship God in our daily walk. We can have the comforter walking with us. We can have the comforter guiding us. We can have the comforter, the spirit of truth, telling us what's right and what's not. I don't know if we actually skipped over this or not, but I want to go back to John 14, 25. John 14, 25 and 26. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the paraclete in the Greek, the one that comes alongside, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. That Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, will teach you. As we read the scripture and we're open to the guiding of the Holy Spirit, he teaches us his word. And he brings to remembrance the things that have been taught. See, if someone reads the Bible and it doesn't make any sense. Now, some things as a Christian, you're going to read the Bible, it's not going to make, make sense at the time. Just keep reading it. But if you're trying to read it as a book, of as a historical book, and you're not a Christian, you're not going to have the same understanding. The Word of God preached is powerful. Cutting and dividing and sharper than a two-edged sword. But 
but we need the Holy Spirit to teach us. The Holy Spirit helps us to understand. The Holy Spirit sends other Christians along to help us understand. But if we just read it as a book, it's not going to make sense to many. The gospel of the cross is foolishness. Preaching of the word is foolishness to some. But once we understand it, it's the means of salvation. And we understand the word, but it's the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. So this is why Pentecost is such a big deal. It's not that the Holy Spirit's new. The Holy Spirit was around, but it's available for everyone. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, he died on the cross. So now we just, it's not just that we can know of and know the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit who is in you, shall, with you, shall be, Jesus said, in you. And so things change after Pentecost. Remember just before this passage of scripture, they picked Matthias to replace Judas. And when they did that, what did they do? They cast lots. It's the last time they cast lots. But see, now they have the spirit of truth. Have the Holy Spirit dwelling within. And we've talked about in past sermons and sermon series about guidance. Now the Holy Spirit tells us, leads us, teaches us, instructs us. It's the spirit of truth. So that's why Pentecost is such a big deal. That what makes it important. And it's for the edifying of the church enables us to be witnesses throughout. And the Holy Spirit then empowers us to do those things. To bring a message of the gospel that is specific and relevant to individual people. Just like Jesus spoke to the woman of the well. Yes, we have large churches speak to the masses, but the Holy Spirit is concerned about each individual. And he can enable us to be the kind of witnesses, the kind of, uh, be involved in the kind of ministry, and do the work they'd have us to do. But he enables us to follow Christ. He enables us to do the right things. And we could talk about the baptism and the cleansing of the carnal nature through the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Holy Spirit. He gives various gifts and capabilities and things that help us. That's through the Holy Spirit. So today on this Pentecost Day, we celebrate the presence of the Holy Spirit. We just don't have to come here when the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit can go with us. The Holy Spirit can be in us. The Holy Spirit can enable. The Holy Spirit can help us in our personal walk and in edifying the church. So as you think today about the Holy Spirit, invite the Holy Spirit into your heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide and teach you. And this becomes that foundation for some of the other truths of Scripture that have to do with us surrendering our heart to the Lord, allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to bringing in that place of surrender, to dealing with the carnal nature, to dealing with our pride, the fruit of the Spirit. Pentecost. Following after Jesus' death and resurrection that enabled it all is what we celebrate today. Let's be standing together.
Today, as we celebrate Pentecost, Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we thank you for how your presence is with us. We thank you for how you empower us. You help us. May we be humble in the gifts that you would give us. May we allow ourselves to be used by you. May we seek you out to understand what the truth is. May we be in your word. May you teach us. May you cleanse us as we surrender ourselves to you. Help us. Help us to seek you, to listen to you. Help us to not be distracted. But may you use us, enable us, help us to build up others in the body of the church and to build up the church itself by witnessing to others. Would you enable us to speak the message so that other people can hear it in their own dialect? Father, I don't know if that extends, but it's, it would seem to be in such a way not only they hear it in their own dialect, but they hear it in a way that they understand it. I can speak the words, but they need to understand it. I believe that you can help us to speak the words as we listen in a way and with the words to help them understand it. And would you convict of sin? They might see their need, and there be this awakening, of this alerting of, I need Jesus. Would you draw them? Would you draw them? Help us to be your witnesses in Jerusalem, in our community, in our circle, in Judea, in our state, and to the other parts of the earth. Oh, teach us, dear Holy Spirit, we thank you. We celebrate you today. In Jesus' name, amen.